Welcome to Destinations. I am Deborah Howe, and I'm here with Marnie Zipper, the Digital Marketing Coordinator for Firelane, Channel Q, and 94.7 The Wave. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Marnie. I am very thrilled to be here and to uh, dive in to chat about travel. Travel yeah. is life, right? Oh, absolutely. You I... look like a different person after being on the road. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So oh. happy, so fulfilled. Maybe even a little smarter. Definitely a little wiser. Yeah. <laughs> a little more educated, I guess. <laughs> what are you here to talk to us about? What city? Well, I was just in London visiting oh. my best friend Ruby, and it was fabulous, yes. to say the least. I had been before, but it always sort of felt like I was scraping the surface. So this time I really got to dive in and, and actually go outside of London as well and see other parts of England that I had never seen before. So, Excellent. yeah, it was amazing. Take us through your journey. Where did you start? So we started in London. My good friend lives just outside of London in the North London area, but we really hit everything within central London. I had a bunch of days there, but what one of my favorite days that we did was uh, the Victoria and Albert Museum. Oh, I love that. Place. Oh, it was gorgeous. And I had been before, but I was young and don't remember yeah. everything that I saw. And we saw an exhibit on Mary Quant, the 1960s fashion icon who kind of really brought accessible fashion to the forefront. And it was just fantastic to see all the pieces that they had curated because they put a call out to women, I think predominantly in England, asking for their Mary Quant original pieces to use throughout the exhibit. So it was wow. just really great to see that and to see original Mary Quant. Laces and silks and prints and the whole 60s thing. A lot of very mod 1960s, a lot of coats, a lot of skirts, a lot of color, a ton of color. So bold greens and yellows and oranges. She really brought the PVC raincoat to the uh, fashion front lines. Yeah, it was very cool. Do you know, I had a crinkle, they called them crinkle coats Ooh, then. And um, yeah, and I had a, like a hot orange crinkle coat, and I'm oh. sure it was Mary Quant inspired. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, she was really the one who originated all of that, which I learned at the VNA. Oh, so, it was so yeah. sad when I had to get rid of my crinkle coat. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I'd like to borrow that. <sighs> After the museum, where did you go? So after that, uh, we went straight to Portobello Road, which is oh. gorgeous. On the other side of the city, so it was a bit of a tube ride. But I had a tour guide navigating me because my best friend has lived in London for seven years now. Uh, so I, I didn't have to think about getting on anywhere, getting off anywhere. So we went to Portobello Road and did some shopping. And then from there, the next day, we actually left London. We headed to um, Southampton, which is pretty far south down the coast of England. And that's where my best friend goes to school out there. So I got to see the very southern English countryside, which oh. was fabulous and really nothing I had ever seen before. It felt like kind of stepping back in time and going into a storybook. We visited an area called the New Forest, which is a British national park. And we got to see some of the most incredible nature that you don't really, I don't think you really necessarily associate with, with England because my mind always instantly goes to London and goes to the hustle and bustle of a city. Yeah. But this was just I, uh, fantastical in a way. It was beautiful. So the New Forest, you drive through these like rolling green fields of flowers. But the best thing about it is there's just wild horses and wild donkeys that live oh, in man. the New Forest. So they were just roaming around and you can go up and pet them and feed them. And it was it was really like being Cinderella in it's a storybook. It's almost like you think, okay, here's a unicorn and it fits right in. And here's yeah. some fairies, you know. Rolling. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised to see some fairies <laughs> floating around. It was that magical. Because you realize that London 
Canyon is 3,000 years old. Right. And so when you say new forest, you could still be talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old, you know, in terms of the trees. Definitely. Yeah. The age always gets me when I go over there, but such a young country the U.S. is and such a veritable old Roman town Londinium is. And you don't think about that because there's so much modern architecture in London. But the minute you step outside of the city that the history really all comes into play and you see the thatched roofs on homes and just very a very different vibe. What school does your friend go to? She goes to University of Southampton. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. You know, thinking about the institutions in London, Westminster Abbey always comes to mind where all the king and queen coronations are held and buried inside Westminster Abbey. Isaac Newton, Charles Dickens, Geoffrey Chaucer, Charles Darwin, on and on and on. And you realize half the brain trust in the world is buried in <laughs> Westminster Abbey. I know. Actually, what's funny is that I'd been to London twice before and I had never been to Westminster Abbey. My parents had taken me and I'm like, my parents failed me. They never showed me the history of the Westminster Abbey. So I dragged Ruby along with me, uh-huh. graciously paid for her ticket. I wasn't going to make her go. It was like going to the Hollywood sign here, just maybe a little more educational. Sure. Um, And so I went through the Westminster Abbey and I'm a big architecture nerd and super into the romantic and ancient architecture. So getting to see that was very cool. But yeah, getting to see where Geoffrey Chaucer was buried. It's just kind of unreal. Yeah. It's a thing people do in Europe quite often is they visit the cemeteries Mm -hmm. because of the uh, things that are there inside the cemeteries. First of all, they're very verdant. They're very beautiful. By the way, London is for its size as a city, the most verdant, in other words, green city in the entire world. 40% of the city is green space. Well, there's huge parks like Hyde Park and Regency Park. You can see all of that. We got to cover a lot of the green space that you're referring to. You know, again, another thing you don't really think about is how lush the city really is. But I think that has to do with a lot of the royalty and, and them wanting to plant so many beautiful gardens and spaces for the royal family to enjoy and then eventually us commoners yeah. to enjoy. Well, actually, it was Henry VIII. 1536. Can you even imagine? And he uh, developed this big space, 350 acres of Hyde Park to go hunting. I did not know that. Yeah. And you know, there's still 10,000 foxes in the city of London today. Really? In those green spaces. I wish I had seen one. I know. They're so cute. Don't be surprised if you're in London and a little fox pops his head around the corner. Yeah, Ruby, keep your eye out for some foxes and take a picture for me. And then there's Big Ben. Of course. You know what? Big Ben was all under scaffolding when I was there. They're doing refurbishing on it. But luckily, I had seen Big Ben before. So, yeah. Do you know they still, every year, they need to adjust it just slightly because sometimes it's a little ahead and sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little behind and they do it with an old English penny. If a the, penny? Yeah, if the clock is running ahead, mm-hmm. they need to slow it down so they add a penny mm. and then if it's running behind, they take away a penny and then it runs a little faster. I think I've heard something like that I before. Mean, That's it's, it's so British, right? It's so British and so old-fashioned, which I really admire the antiquity of it all, you know? Good word, good Thank word. you. Are you a Downton Abbey fan? A huge Downton <laughs> Abbey fan. I can't wait for the movie know, to come out. I'm down. Let's go. Let's book our tickets now. Because like where we work, you know, there's not a whole lot of Downton Abbey fans. But Mm -mm. when you are, you know, there's just no going back. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, um, my dad has been out of town and he, I think, will be out of town for when the Downton Abbey film premieres. So he's like, if you guys go without me, he will not let us go without him. So you'll have to join my father and I to go see Downton Abbey. That's right. (laughs) It's going to be one of the best films of the season and what they call the season of autumn in Mm -hmm. London. Do you know? In England. I should say. Um, 
I, I Ruby said they don't refer to it as autumn, just fall. But fall, right? Yeah, that's the first answer. The second answer is if you're maybe you know one of the older people mm-hmm. in London, you still remember they called fall back end. I did not know that. <laughs> Who knew? It's not nearly as romantic as Autumn. No. (laughs) I know that I couldn't imagine Ella Fitzgerald singing Back End in New York. Goes back and leaves. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe you you have an idea there going. Oh, my goodness. The Great Fire of 1666 destroyed four fifths Mm -hmm. of London. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine over 13,000 more medieval structures that you'd be able to tour around if that fire hadn't occurred? I I really can't, honestly, because there is is so much, even now, that you get overwhelmed. Obviously, I hadn't even made it to uh, the Westminster Abbey. So having, I mean, it's it's devastating and terrible, but having even more to access would just be mind-boggling to me. Yeah, that nasty fire. I know. Where else did you go? Do you have a favorite pub? So I am not a huge drinker. I'm very much a food person. Okay. So I will touch on one of the best restaurants I had tried out there. It was in Tottenham Court Road area, which is still pretty much central London. It was this restaurant called Circulo Populare, which was, it's by a, a restaurant group called, I think called the Big Mama Group. And they have restaurants in Paris and in London. And Ruby was like, I absolutely have to take you here, but it's incredibly hard to get a reservation. And and luckily, we kind of weaseled our way in and got a table. And the drinks there were fantastic. The cocktails all came in sort of unique glasses that mm-hmm. were specific to what the drink was. So I got a really fun drink and Ruby had a really fun drink. So they have all the drinks that you can order on a menu, but they all come with pictures. So you see what glass you're getting. So you can choose kind of <laughs> what your beverage is going to look like. Yeah. And then the food itself was just incredible. I'm a big seafood fan. Uh, so I had a very delicious seafood dish. We ate a lot of food on this trip but when we were down south by the coast we ended up uh, hitting Brighton as well and being by the beach and very amazing fish and chips there and I'm a health person you know (laughs) everyone was like don't eat fried food blah 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 growing up but I had to forego and try the uh, fish and chips. Did it come in a newspaper or no? No it didn't it came in like a little cardboard box but I soaked it all in vinegar so (laughs) it was it was incredible. You know what you go to the gym the next day big deal right? Yeah right. Or when you get back. Or two weeks after you get back. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's one of life's great pleasures. I guess they don't do it so much in newspaper anymore. Maybe the ink is not healthy for us on top of the grease. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, on top of the already artery clogging food. Oh, my God. Okay, now everybody says, oh, I don't want to go to London because it rains all the time. Well, I I have a fact here. London receives less rain than Rome, Bordeaux, Sydney, and New York City. Really? Really. Well, I mean, I didn't have a single day of rain when I was there. So I guess your fact is right. Granted, I was there end of August, and it was actually brutally hot. It was in the 90s there. So, yeah, we didn't really get that much rain. It was actually gorgeous weather for the most part. But who knew? New York City, more than London. And, you know, Rome. I know. Weird. Rome gets more. I mean, I think like it never rains in Rome. (laughs) I think of it just being pretty hot in that part of southern part of Europe. Also, the top five cities to live in for people who love to travel Mm -hmm. have just been named. Mm -hmm. And they are Singapore, Minneapolis, Atlanta, Vienna, and London. I'm not surprised. Because, of course, yeah. you know, Heathrow and all the other airports there are in Gatwick. You can go anywhere from these airports. Yeah, it's all a hub, very much a hub. I flew into Gatwick and it was just incredibly easy to get off the plane and onto a, an overground train and get to whatever destination you needed to get to. So Excellent. it was great. 
Any other highlights that you want to share? I would say that going and exploring the food, I know people have this like misconception that British food isn't always the best, but there's so much that you can access there and such fresh dairy and produce that I say, go eat the food, do the shopping, (laughs) hit Camden Market. See your best friend and have a great time. And don't miss the Indian restaurants in London. They're oh, the, abso- among the best in absolutely. the world. Absolutely. Thank you, Marnie. Thank Zephyr. you. Have a pleasure. Yeah. I just can't wait to get on a plane and go see those ravens in the Tower of London. Thank you, Deborah. <laughs> and to keep up with all things destinations on Instagram, just go to destinations.podcast.